Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Tome Travelers, a sci-fi fantasy book club podcast. Uh, this episode, we are continuing in Warbreaker. Uh, we've read Warbreaker chapters 2 through 26 this week, and so there's going to be a spoiler warning for um, that section of War uh, of Warbreaker. Um and uh, we will be discussing some Cosmere tie-ins at the end of the episode, just like uh, last episode. And we'll give you another warning before you do, or before we do, so that way you can click off of the video or the podcast, so you don't get spoiled if you haven't read any of the other Cosmere. Um, but before we get into all that, Whitson, we have a community fantasy question. Yeah, our first one from the YouTube comments. It's uh, what is y'all's favorite adaptation of a sci-fi or fantasy book? Also, what's your least favorite adaptation? Uh, and that's from Riley A on YouTube. All right. So who wants to kick it off? Who wants to take it first? Dylan, why don't you uh, it Yep, yep, yep. I'll go first. So uh, I was just looking at these. There's way more worse ones than I thought there was. <laughs> but the one that really stood out to me was Percy Jackson, the Olympians. I remember. Oh, you stole I, mine. Oh. <laughs> I, remember, I remember being in middle school and reading these books and with Whitson. And we loved these books. And then the movie came out, and I I wanted to cry. I was like, what did they do? What is this, this terrible movie? Um, and then my favorite one, though, is I kind of went basic, and, and I picked Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the, yeah. the Percy, or the Percy, the Peter Jackson. <laughs> uh, those are two very easily defensible points, though. <laughs> one is the, the token awful adaptation and the other yeah. is the token fantastic adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though Lord of the Rings doesn't have Tom Bombadil, it's still it's still go it's still one of the best. Um Hey, you want to take it next MD? Yeah. So, my least favorite, um I was going to say Aragon, um just because like I remember reading the books and like that was probably other than The Hobbit like my first experience with like fantasy and stuff and I just like loved it. And then I go to see the movie, and I'm like, "What am I watching?" Like, <laughs> I agree, 100. percent Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is nothing for sure. I um, think I threw my copy away. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, for favorite adaptation, um, I feel like I I genuinely would also say Lord of the Rings, but I I kind of don't want to say that just because Dylan's already said it, and also it's very like cliche. So I'm gonna come with an honorable mention as mine, and it's really out of left field here. Um, I'm going to choose cloudy with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, that seems like a stretch for a sci-fi fantasy, but okay. it's science fiction. It's yeah, science there's, fiction. There's food, there's food falling from the sky. I, yeah. I got it. You know what I'm saying? And it, you know, they really upgraded on the book. So you it's, really can't. Right. <laughs> it's a really yeah. good movie, but they also take a lot of the stuff that's in the books. Like they take the artwork in the books and they put it in the movie, which I think is kind of lit. Um, but yeah. <laughs> So I'm I'm gonna go with cloudy with a chance of meatballs for mine. <laughs> I like it. I like Fantastic. it. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, Whitson, what you got? Okay, okay. So my favorite one is my favorite because it's so bad, and it's the 1984 Dune. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Particularly horrible movie that is so much fun to watch. <laughs> And it's it's one of my favorite sci-fi books, so you know that works out. Least favorite, uh, man, I was gonna pick Percy Jackson. I'm trying to think of an honorable. It's mention so bad. For, no, for it's mine. so bad. You can pick it twice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. It's true. Okay, yeah, Percy Jackson, then Percy Jackson. Oh man. Yeah, 
the, the, those are some good and some bad ones. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, they were supposed to be like redoing it in a series, I think. And I'm like, I don't even want to watch yeah. it. Uh, well, I think we, Disney I've Plus heard... is making a TV show out of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, like when we were in middle school, we loved those books. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Man, there's so many adaptations being planned. I mean, King Killer Chronicles has an adaptation planned. Uh, Sanderson has talked a bunch about some different adaptations. I, it's just going to be a grab bag of like awful and or amazing. Like it could be the next Game of Thrones. Any of them yeah, it could be yeah, the next yeah. Game of Thrones, or it could be absolutely horrible. But yeah. I'm excited to find out. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to buy a ticket. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you guys leave a comment in the, uh, YouTube of this video or a previous video of another question we might want to answer on a future episode and, uh, yeah. we might, uh, answer it for you guys. Um, and thanks Riley. A. Yeah. Thank you Riley for the first honorable question. first question. Honorable. Yes. It was very good. <laughs> um, so with that, uh, let's go ahead and jump into episode five of the Tome Travelers. All right, so we just finished the first part of Warbreaker. Um, we stopped on uh, Chapter 26, and uh, we see in the first part, we see Siri traveling to, to Telar to be the God King's bride. Um, she's really confused at first and scared, and it's like a whole new world for her. But like as that first part starts going on, we see her kind of coming to her own, start figuring things out, and even start getting a little... Getting a little rebellious, which I, I, I like. And then uh, we're also introduced to another uh, named character named Light Song. He's a uh, returned, which is like their gods. Um, he's very lazy, doesn't want to do anything, very witty, charming. <laughs> he, he's probably my favorite character in the book so far. Um, he's got no interest in anything going on around him at all, but as, as the uh, book goes on, we see him start getting into politics. And especially interested in Siri and wanting to keep her from getting thrown to the wolves. Um, and then, uh, lastly, we see Vivian or hey, Vivian or Vivena. Vivena. Yeah, her name's like Vivian. Uh, we see her traveling to tell her to save Siri and prevent war. Uh, she meets some interesting mercenaries along the way and gets challenged. Uh, pretty severely with her religion and like what she believes and what's going on around her and um that's where we're at yeah that's where we're at so what did you guys think about this like section of text for that we've read so far what were your impressions of it uh okay i'll, t I'll take the ball um i'm gonna start with the positives um and i have i have some complaints but i have, I have some <laughs> um vasher very mysterious very cool uh, it's just definitely like a really cool side plot that I'm sure is going to be really important to the entire plot later in the book. Um, that's made me excited every time I've turned a page and seen something about Vasher. Uh, Siri is very like authentic to, to the, the character that was like set up. Like she's naive, but she's strong willed. Like I like Siri as a character. Um, Sasebron is pretty cool. I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes. I like him a lot more as like this broken, uh, or not broken. Cause he's like pretty positive about the whole thing, but you know, he's this, he's this abused figurehead and that's way more interesting to me than just like a God King. Right. Um, 
so that's where I'm at on the positives, but but for the negatives, I Sanderson when he gets like stream of consciousy with his books, sometimes hit hits me like Adam West Batman. <laughs> like like G Jolly, <laughs> Jolly Willikers, that was horrible. Like it, I don't know how I don't know how to verbalize the way it makes me feel, but I just I just cringe sometimes. Okay, and there's enough. been more of that in this book to me than the other Sanderson stuff that I've read. Storm you. So this book did yeah. come out before like the Stormlight Archive and stuff like that. It's so. one of it's one of his it's an yeah, it's one of his book, first yeah. books. He, I think he did it yeah, after he did a Launchus, right? It's yeah, so, way closer yeah. to Elantris in quality to me than Mistborn or Stormlight Archive. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I see a lot of stuff in this book that I think he got over later on, but right. there there's some things that are like, I, I'm really getting caught on. Yeah. I think also at this time, in defense of Sanderson, um, uh, is he was finishing the Wheel of Time series for Robert Jordan at the same time he was writing this book. And so, like, yeah. it, he couldn't, you know... I mean, he could, but he didn't put all of his, you know, thought and effort into it. Although I, I, I love what he gave me. So, <laughs> uh, I, that's that's totally fair. Like I said, I yeah. like some a lot of his other works. It's just yeah. this this one feels particularly stream of conscious to me, Doesn't like it? from brain to page, out the door of the publisher. Like that, that's like... how it feels sometimes. So I feel like, I feel like I kind of agree with that a little bit. I feel like this book to me more like because I'm. I, I go into most books trying to focus on positive stuff, and so, like, I can look over the negative stuff real easy. And so, like, what what I'm going into this book seeing a lot of is I love the magic system. Like, I'm really interested in that. The The world building, I feel, is awesome. Like, I'm imagining, like, all these bright colors and all these people dressed real weird. And, like, in the Core of the Gods, you've got this huge black pyramid with, like, these multicolored mansions around it. Like, I, I love the setting. Um I'll if agree. I, if I can as... jump in for just a second. I will say setting and magic system are the things that he always does really well. Yeah. And like yeah. I can't take anything away from him on his world building and his magic systems. And that's yeah. that's definitely in this book too. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like um maybe I was expecting going in I was expecting more action and there's a way more political intrigue which I'm okay with as far as cuz I, I like political intrigue too and figuring things out, but I feel like <sighs> I feel like maybe there should be more clues as to what's going on. Like, I feel like it's all, like, everything that gives you is more up in your face. I mean, I know there's some little stuff that they sprinkle in as far as clue-wise, um, which we'll talk about once we start getting into the, the meat of this. But I feel like maybe I can definitely tell it's an earlier uh, book of his, is what I should say, I guess. Yeah. yeah. What about you, MD? Oh, I, I really enjoyed it. Like, even going through on my, um, this is my second read-through of it, and so, like, I, as I'm going through, I'm noticing a lot of things I didn't the first time, and so I'm really enjoying, Sanderson has really good reread quality, and so yeah. I'm I'm really enjoying picking this up. Like, for this episode, I have three pages of notes that I wrote down. Probably not going to get yeah, to yeah. all of them in this podcast. Oh, um, no, I always have way more notes than I get to. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it was just, you know, I, I'd be reading a chapter, and I'd be like, no way, and I'd write that down, and then I'd keep going, and I'd be like, no way. It, it, it's just a, I, I really I really like the fact that the books have that rereadability because some books don't really don't really have that, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so uh we meet Lightsong. Let's yeah. talk about him first. 
So I, I think he was chapter three was uh, when whenever we first his meet first Lightsong. chapter. Yep. And yep. Uh, you're introduced to one of the gods. He is, you know, kind of considered royalty at this court, um, and he is a god. He's a returned, which means that he died and came back to life. And he died a valiant death. Right. <laughs> That's why he's Light Song the Brave. Yeah. Um, so what do you guys think of Light Song? I absolutely love Light Song, which I love witty characters like but like he's also seems like I don't know, like like he seems like it seems like all these other gods are like really vain and like more worried about what they're doing and stuff, and then like he's just like Almost like we were talking about how how Glockta was, like he's just got like this outside perspective of everything and it's just like He's like not about it. At one point, he's like, "I think I'm the only god that doesn't believe in my own religion." Yeah, <laughs> which is really yeah, interesting. But, yeah, and he actually seems like he has morals. I mean, obviously not to a point where he's necessarily a decent person, but like he knows he's not a decent person, you know. And yeah. like I feel like all the other gods don't know that. Like they're like, uh, "I'm a god." Yeah, they're not who's self-aware getting... at all. Yeah, they're not self, but but he is like. Uh, yeah, he's looking at the reader going, are you seeing this? Do you, yeah, do you guys yeah, see yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, like I said, I love his sense, sense of humor. Like at, at multiple points, he's like trying to get drunk. He's And, then, and <laughs> uh, Laramar is like, you know you can't get drunk. He's like, but I like trying. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it just cracks me up. Yeah, I really like um, how it, like, even though Light Song is, you know, considered a god, it, it really humanizes him a lot, like, yeah. Um, whenever he so like each week he has to go and take someone's breath in order to stay you know alive and like I'm pretty sure the opening scene with him is him taking like a little girl's breath um, yeah yeah and and pretty, even he was like, like Laramir do I have to you know what I'm saying yeah he, well he's like why is it always got to be a kid yeah 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 Dude. and so I just I really find it interesting that it's it like his character is a literal god who doesn't believe he should be a god and he's just kind of like well right. if i am i'm just gonna indulge you in go through everything the motion yeah, yeah yeah well, he's so like my, my biggest question so far is like what can they do besides give the one breath to somebody like can, can they do yeah. i know they have perfect bodies which like that's that's cool right. but i mean can they do anything else with this like crazy biochroma right well, it, says, they have? Right. it says they're all at the fifth heightening right the, just from their one breath it says their right. one breath is as powerful as the fifth heightening for normal people, which I forgot how many breasts that normally is. I think it's right. like it's two thousand. So, so 2, in the, yeah, in the back of the most Anderson books, there's an Ars Arcanum that has like the basics, non-spoiling the magic system. Um, and so they're all of the fifth heightening, and the fifth heightening's effects are agelessness, uh, perfect life recognition, perfect color recognition, perfect pitch, and aura recognition. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> With them being, you know, fifth heightening, they don't age. So right. Well, I know he also controls a quarter of the lifeless army. I think that's ten thousand soldiers. He's got the commands for them. Right. It's like having which I think is interesting. Right. Which we'll get into what I think about the priests later, but I'm sure they have all the commands too. Yeah, or that that seems to be where it's pointing, right? Like the, yeah, yeah, 100%, the priests are like, just like giving them like something to feel good about themselves, but in reality, they're you know they're just like, decorations. Yeah, it's like Pinocchio or Pinocchio's Island or where what what's that island? 
where it's just like y'all indulge but like here's what's really going on <laughs> like like it's more of like a distraction they want the people to be distracted by the gods and the gods to be distracted by frivolity well yeah self-righteousness literally yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah you are righteous have fun with that yeah yeah um, One of my favorite quotes, though, because, you know, he doesn't believe he's a god, and he's always giving Larimar, Larimar, however you say his name, shit, <laughs> which I think is hilarious, uh, but he at one point he's like, uh, it's raining, and he doesn't want it to rain, and he's like, if I'm a god, shouldn't the rain stop? And then Scoots brings up the other gods, and which is Larimar's nickname, and uh, Light Song wants to go around taking poles and hope more <laughs> gods want it not to rain so he can cause a theological crisis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and then Larimar's justification is, well, your soul knows that rain yeah. is good. Yeah, yeah, subconsciously you want it to rain. Yeah. <laughs> Which seems to be like his, his go-to thing is like, subconsciously you want this to happen. <laughs> and right. Light Song's like, what do I say to this? <laughs> You know, uh, we also got a little, like, a reveal from Laramir that we probably shouldn't have gotten um, when he yeah. accidentally slipped that he knew Light Song in his previous yes. life. Yep. Well, you, you can see it also kind of throughout the book, even if he doesn't say anything, because of the way he treats him. Like, he puts up with his stuff. He, he acts real familiar with him, and I feel like the other priests don't really show that. They're more, like, worshipping or, like, underhanded, and... Laramore actually acts like he cares about him. At one point, like, uh, they're all having a festival, and he's supposed to be with his family, and he comes to check on him. And yeah. he puts up with all his whims and... All the yeah. shit that Light Song puts him through. Yeah. Or all the all the snide comments. <laughs> Light Song's like, hey, you should really be remembering some of this and use it later. Right. Yeah. So, you, you don't... Oh, go, go ahead. I was going to say, so you Whitson, you Whitsoned. You mentioned earlier, Whitson, that you think there's something going on with the priests. Do you think Laramir is involved in that? Oh, man. I see. I don't know. I think there there could be a couple different angles where, like, Laramar knows what's going on and he's there to protect Light Song from it. Or he knows what's going on and he thinks that it's a just cause. Or he doesn't know what's going on. I think so, those are kind of the three options. So okay. so here, here's my... Bluefinger mentions a bunch of different factions. And one of... I forgot who it is. Uh, maybe... Okay, yeah, it's it's in Vasher's chapter. He's talking about the priests that gave him the information. Talking about don't go to the to some of the gods because they their people don't know stuff. I think maybe that Light Song's one of those. Like, he's not part of the political aspect of it and so i feel like he's probably like on the outside of it yeah that would make some sense yeah because clearly he's not scheming i mean yeah. unless unless we have like an untrustworthy like narrator i guess which right. would be cool, it, but yeah well i mean he, he just doesn't give that vibe off and like like i said we we think he cares about light song and so light song's investigating all this stuff and he doesn't right. really act like he knows you know what i mean yeah. Yep, I, you know the the paintings are also something that I'm really curious about as far as like Light Song and Larimer goes. Um, I, well, I'll I'll save it. I'll save it for Cosmere tie-ins. Okay. Oh, you okay? Okay. Right. Real quick though, while we are talking about the painting, because I do want to bring up, um, like they have these. What are they called? The uh, not the commissions or the, the petitions. The, the petitions. That what it. That's what it is. Yeah. Where they have to wake up and like the gods have to be like, oh, this makes me feel this way or this makes me feel this way. And doing so is like a divine like 
blessing upon people if it's you know good or bad or whatever um so what are you guys thinking about that Uh, also the oh go ahead go well no 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 you go because i I was gonna ask a question about a question so you you start (laughs) okay well so the the i think it's the first painting that he actually gets something out of the one with the war scene yep um where he sees what he thinks or what Laramir thinks is Nightblood. Uh, well, he, he doesn't Laramir know. Laramir doesn't see anything. Light songs. The right. yeah, he d- but, yeah. but he thinks it's the black sword that, <laughs> Oh yeah. 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 That the priests mention, uh, the one that Vasher is carrying. Right. Yeah. And like, I kind of, I'm curious if, if maybe he does have some kind of prophetic power and he's just not taking it seriously. So he does, he's not, he has like some confirmation bias around it not being real. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. See, I I almost feel like maybe it's got more to do with so you know he talks about how when he's investigating asking questions it feels natural and he must have done something like that before he died. Uh he uses the word case. So I'm thinking maybe he used to be a detective or something. Whatever that would entail in this this right. day and age in this setting, but also like we don't know how old he is. We don't know how he died. He could have been at that battle. Because what battle was it? It was like the last was battle the, of the mini-war. The battle of the Twilight Falls, which was the yeah. last conflict of the mini-war. Who's to say like he wasn't there? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the well, mini-war pres- was presume- hundreds of years ago. Yeah, presumably like Laramar would have to have been alive then too okay but maybe, but maybe he could have been at the fifth heightening and like gave up his breath to come right. to the priest for lights oh, well okay that's what that's what i'm gonna say because like we see these older or these people that we see vasher who is mentioned being really old or like he used to like way in the and then we also see at one point denth which is one of the mercenaries we'll get into that's with vavena um he talks about how he's he is really old and his family like used to worship gods that aren't even around anymore so like I feel like age isn't as big of an issue as we're seeing it as probably. Yeah, because of the agelessness. Yeah, the agelessness. The or I'm sure they age slower at lower heightings. I would I would imagine. Yeah. I don't know if it says that explicitly, but No, it does when when they're talking about the spa. Oh, he was okay. trying to get more he was trying to get more breasts cuz it would extend his life. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, where do we where do we want to go from Light Song? Do we want to go to the Vasher? Uh, yeah. Uh, Unless there's anything else you want to hit on. Well, I was just gonna say. So okay. Well, I guess that's a Cosmere tie-in. I was just gonna talk about the the dreams that the priests are having. Y- you mean the gods? Are, uh, the gods are having. Like, why are the priests so interested in these dreams? Yeah. Well, they think that they're prophetic in some way. Right. But, but why do they, why do they okay. need fortune tellers? Well, like, here's be... my deal, though. Like, I don't feel like they actually think they're... Like, I don't feel like the, most of the priests that actually know what's going on don't actually feel... I feel like this religion is a sham to do whatever underhanded shit they're doing. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I, I kind of... Yeah. But I feel like they, they might actually think it's prophetic, and they're using Maybe. it to to reach whatever their goal might be. I mean, we really don't have any idea yet. What yeah. their goal would be. Fair enough. Because, like, you would think it would be like world domination or something. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, in our broader broader points about the the section of text that we read, um, I had some things that I wanted to bring up and ask you guys because I might have just missed them. Okay. Um, 
or been stupid while listening to the book. So they they are Idrians from Idris, but they want to take back Halandrin? Yeah, so... I, wh- oh. The royal family originally was from Halandrin. Right. That or, Okay, so Halandrin, is, I guess, is like the continent. And to to Telar is the the city the that city. the gods are in, and right. that was originally the royal family city. And but they they got kicked out for, I think it said that, which well, is at the end of the many war, when, yeah, well, when the was, lifeless came back, they got kicked out for some reason. But yeah, my, were, okay, my thing is like to the mountains, yeah, like they refer to themselves as Idrians. They reside in Idris. They are culturally Idrian. They are distinctly different from the Halandrin. So, like, what... I don't understand the political conflict, I guess, is what so, I'm like, like, just, just blood. Just blood. Yeah, like so, b- basically, other... like, it could also be in, like, a situation where, you know, whenever whoever current Halandrin is came through and booted them out, they changed the name to Halandrin. And, you know, they changed the culture. That was one of the reasons for the, you know, the government overthrow was because they didn't like the Adrians, you know, religion and their, you know, their societal, you know, you have to be like humble and you can't, you know, be extravagant. Colors are bad or whatever. People were like, what do you mean? There's science to do with this. We need to study these and things like that. So, yeah, well, it just seems like a one-sided conflict to me because the only thing (laughs) that the, the Hallandron people care about is like the tariffs on their imports and the, like the routes through the mountains. But Which it Idrians... talks about they don't even need because they're making so much money. Right. Yeah, I feel and like then the, the, but then it's... the Idrians are scared of like total annihilation. So it's like the, right. the Halandrin well, it's could just demand they're... whatever they wanted. It's because they're so small. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the Idrians just don't want to like disappear. Go to war. Go to war because they're so small. Yeah. And the Halandrins want the Idrian bloodline on their throne so that their throne is more legitimate. Yeah. So, like, Again, I feel point. like there's a lot of like under the rug type of shit going on that has to do with your question like i don't yeah, feel like I'm we saying, have one yeah i'm saying either either i i think that this is part of the priests like game that they're playing where they're manufacturing this one-sided conflict for some particular reason uh or yeah i don't know i can I, I guess that's where i'm at with it i think that there's got to be something going on something else going on because the trade routes through the mountains Halandrin could just demand those and the daughter and just promise to not annihilate them. And there you go. Problem solved. I really think they want the blood. I really think they want the blood first. So they like they took the path of least resistance to get the blood. I think once they have the blood, they'll go to war. They'll just go take what they want. But there's something about this blood that is really important. And I'm assuming it, it, I think it's got something to do with the color, that, like the way they can change their hair color and stuff. Maybe making a uh, awakener stronger. Like if you're awakened and you have that blood, maybe because you've always got color on you. Yeah, making you stronger. Something to do with that. Like you use a color and then change your hair and use that yeah. color and change your hair and use that color. Yeah. I guess it it hasn't really done the greatest job of explaining how color fuels the magic. No, but it, you can. It mentions multiple times how it drains color around. Yeah, yeah, no, it does yeah. mention it, but it's that's the part of the magic system I'm a little confused on. I get the security phrases, I get yeah. the breaths, um, and I don't really care that it's not specific about how many breaths 
things should take. You know, that, yeah. that doesn't really matter that much. The color thing I'm a little interested about. Like, so the priest's hand turning gray. That was because of not blood, though. That's what I thought. Okay, right. that, that makes a little bit more sense. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in Cosmere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that <laughs> so um, uh, we can't, we can't uh, quit talking about Lot Song without talking yes. about Blush Weaver. True. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she seems like a real schemer. Oh, very political. <laughs> and good at it. <laughs> good at a lot of things, I'm assuming. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and she tries to get him in the bedroom every time Every scene. <laughs> I think that's why, though, because he keeps blowing her off, which makes me love his character even more. <laughs> yeah. He's just not about... My favorite part, or my favorite interaction between them two is when he gives her the paper that has their, their conversation on it. Before yeah, yeah, that was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but uh she uh she's trying to get i think she's trying to get all these uh people that have the command words on her side right she's got light song got um moon what's um, the other one? Oh, moon oh what's her mercy name? star mercy, mercy star, star, star mercy yeah star. yeah um and then uh at the end of the in that in chapter 26 uh, we see that mercy star went to go visit another one of them to try to get them on their side right so there's definitely a member of the gods trying to get all of the codes for the nuke essentially yeah <laughs> you know yeah. Well, and and light song was trying to give the give it away in the first place until she asked for it yeah <laughs> yeah like he was trying he was like well can't i just give the command words away like i don't care and then she asks him for it and he's like whoa, whoa, whoa hold up hold up hold these up. are mine yeah these? like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah well i think i think again like his his moral compass kind of kicked in right there he's like mm, usually someone who wants power doesn't need power you know yeah yeah Let's go ahead and move but, on to uh, Vasher. Uh, we've been on Light Song for a while. So we got a little bit of Vasher. He's still got this kind of like mysteriousness around him. And he's carrying Nightblood, um, mm -hmm. a sword that's talking to him. You know, we got to see him in the prologue and we got a, Whitson was, I know you were like, what is the sentient sword and things like that. So have you been <laughs> excited about, you know, reading about it or are you... Do you have some things that you have answered, some other things that you still have unanswered? What's going on? Well, I still have no idea what his, like, goal in the city is. I, I don't think that there's, like, any real way to deduce that so far. Uh, but it's got his something to do with the war. Is all we yeah, yeah, yeah. It has something to do with the war, it seems like. Um, but then the fact that his path, like, he he's from the same group as Dinth. Uh, that's that's cool. That's interesting. Also, Denth. I wish Denth was like maybe a little more focused on Vasher too. That they're probably the coolest parts of the book. I, so I, me. I, I love Denth. I love he's yeah. my probably my second yeah. favorite character. I yeah, love but the I mercenary mean, humor between him and Tonkfa. Yeah, that yeah, that's also been really really funny. Um, yeah, I just wish that that we had seen more of him. But hopefully, he's a bigger part of the second half of the book. So, so I definitely think he is involved in something in the war like it mentions that he shows up at the council and recognizes uh Vivenna, and then he also like knows when siri comes to town he's like we're probably gonna have to deal with her so like it's got it's definitely got something to do around what's going on in the political aspect of it yeah but he does have his own agenda and we see him go in that trap door that the priests have which we we know nothing about yet either Right. Also, the squirrel thing. The squirrel yeah. thing was so funny. Go, bite anything that's not me. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then like squirrels just thrashing around. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, it talks about night blood, and we get a little more information about night blood. Um, it can sense life and people, which it's supposed to protect in quotation marks there. And it kind of reminds me of like the way he's talking about it, and uh, and Vasher's like, it's amazing how protect ends up becoming destroy. It reminds me of like an AI, like like Terminator or something. Like it's like, hey, yeah. you're supposed to protect humans, and then it's like, well, the only way to protect y'all is to destroy y'all and start over. So it kind of gave me that vibes. And then he also mentions that uh, the sword can't tempt the hearts of men who are pure. Sure. So, yep. So maybe it it brings out the evil in people's hearts or the greed or something. Yeah. Well, and then there that one priest that tried to draw him survived, but then the other one died. So there's more to that, I believe. So I've got two, cause at the end it's light songs talking about when he's doing his investigating, his sleuthing, uh, he's talking about how, uh, there was a second, uh, there was a second intruder. person, but yeah. I almost believe that one of the priests killed him. Like the guy that was tied up, saw, uh, Vasher go in the, um, trap door and then he told the priest where he oh. went and then the priest oh, killed yeah. him. Yeah. But but Yeah, that would make sense. But whoever was following Vasher could have done it too, which I'm assuming is death, but we don't know that at all yet. Just that it was done with a dueling blade, which would make sense because Denth, I believe, Denth carries a dueling, dueling blade. blade. Yeah. So it, those are my two my two uh, ideas as far as that. Yeah. Oh also the uh the hand tassels thing, that was some pretty cool imagery. I thought that scene was really well written. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. Like I just pictured him having this like giant claw made out of cloth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But that's really all we all we have on him yeah. so far. I'm I'm hoping some more chapters pop up. Yeah, there wasn't a lot on Vasher for this section, but uh we'll see what happens. So, let's talk about my absolute least favorite character. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, Vavina. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about this girl. <laughs> All uh, right. So what what don't you like about her? Um. Okay. First off, <laughs> <laughs> she's pretentious. Um. She, she's I, I don't know. So like the first when we first see her, she's walking into the city, and she's like, "Okay, I'm inexperienced. I need to be open minded to things that are around me." And I was like, "Okay, that's really smart." And then. We don't see her do that at all. <laughs> she is the exact opposite. She's yeah. she's judgy. She's naive. She's not keeping an open mind at all. And even when like Denth is using extremely extremely sound logic, which is another reason I love his characters how logical he is about about stuff. Like he's given her like very logical examples. Like, well, would you would you be mad at the person who used a sword or a blacksmith that made a sword who killed his friend? Like. Like, he gives so many examples to her of why she needs to use the breath of the lifeless, and she's just like, but my religion! And it's just yeah. like, eh. And then also, she, she... Oh, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Well, I was gonna say, and then she gets in a fight with Jules, and Jules is, like, just as passionate about her religion as Vivenna is, and she's just like, you can't believe that. And she's just like, and when, when they get done, she's like, oh, she must just have been no mood for sympathy. It's just like, I don't know, she's just like, a zealot almost okay yeah it, i i feel like her character just doesn't make sense she's been raised her entire life to go to the hallandrin court and be prepared and she is shocked by everything in hallandrin 
She's appalled. She judges everyone. She is completely certain of her religion. And then, then like Jules is even like, well, at least you can go talk to my gods. Like you can see (laughs) them. They physically exist. And she's like, oh, well that's whatever. It doesn't matter. They're not actually gods. So it doesn't matter. And, and then like, (laughs) she, also, Dent and Tong Fa should have just killed her and taken her money and ran off. Why? 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 Sh- I don't understand why she's still around. She is so the I reason they, I'm struggling with this book. Like I, she's I, so so two D to me. I agree with all those points except the Dent thing. I think they have. I think they have an a uh, uh, ulterior motive. Ulterior motive. I one hundred percent. There's yeah. a, there's a reason that they are where they're at. I don't think they would have ever done that because they need her for some reason. Right, but yeah. I agree with the rest of it. Like, like I feel like, and she even says at multiple points, she's like, "I'm not doing anything. Dent is doing all this shit for me. Like, I'm just basically just here. I show my hair, and it's just like, uh, okay. Like, can we grow a little bit? And I, and in that, I will say in that last chapter, when when she does get in fight with Jules, she says, "Well, maybe I deserve the way Jules reacted," but. I still don't feel like she's growing quick enough. I feel like she needs to learn to use the breath. She needs to get over the lifeless stuff. And like you said, like she trained her whole life to go to this place, but she is like disgusted with it. And it's just like like it's okay, I get it. You're a devout in your religion, but like you're basically in a life or death situation. Like it's time to kind of grow up and Yeah, do you care about saving your little sister and preventing and, everyone and you country. know from dying? Yeah. Well, but you well, know like not? talking about you know training her whole life for she's trained her whole life for court politics and now she's trying to like politic with thieves and smugglers and bandits and rebels and things like that which are kind of completely different things it makes some sense that denth is having to like guide her through right that that makes some amount of sense yes but the fact that every time she sees anyone in anything colorful she's aghast Anytime she sees someone with a plunging neckline, she's aghast. Like she, how how did she not know anything about their culture after having right. trained her entire life to be a part of it? The part of court, part of court, court politics is blending in with the court and knowing their culture and saying the right things and and wearing the right things. So like, I I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, it's like it. Sh- she just I don't know. I feel like. I, she can be appalled with it, but like, she should still be able to use it to her advantage. Yeah, if she that, should yeah. be above it. I yeah, think. like especially with her personality, where she's so self righteous. Like, I, I feel like she should be able to hover above it, kind of, like almost. Um, God, I I feel like he like she's almost a prototype for Yasna, but. Shitty, <laughs> <laughs> shitty, hasn't it? Yeah, basically, like that. That's the kind of personality type that that Sanderson was going for with her. But like, she just doesn't. She's not graceful about any of it. She's just obtuse. Yeah, like, she, she's well, like, always obtuse. It, it, I thought. I thought one of the funny scenes with her was like it's that se- uh, serious perspective. And she's picking out this beautiful dress, and she's like, "Hey, this actually looks pretty good. Like, it's not what I'm used to, and like, I'm kind of uncomfortable. But 
I'm I'm happy. I'm enjoying where I'm at, kind of. And then like, Vivena walks in and sees her in it. And they're like, they're forcing my sister to do this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. It's she just also like, has like a Siri, crazy savior li- complex. Yeah, yeah. Siri literally just picked that dress five minutes ago. <laughs> like they didn't force her to do anything. Yeah, yep. but do we I, think curious, she's gonna actually use the breath though? I think she's gonna have to. Like, she's gonna. I, I think she's gonna yeah. be put into some kind of life or death situation where she'll have to, or she'll just try to save somebody and like martyr herself. Maybe. Yeah, I could what also think, see that. What do you think? Do you see Dent convincing her at any point that this stuff's okay to, to use? I think she's too much she's of a zealot. Just, yeah. Yeah, I'm probably. We wrong also about find that, out. Though. We also find out though that you can't give uh, you if you give a breath away, you have to give all of it away. You can't. Yeah. You you can't give one at a time, which I I didn't know until we see that scene with her. She's like, "Can I give this person a breath?" And he's like, "No. If you give one away, you give all of it away." Yeah, that was interesting. That that made her problem much more. Divorce. Yeah, for yeah. her. But even like when she sees that her dad gave permission for, uh, yeah, I was gonna Limix, bring that up for so, Limix to to use the breath. Yeah, you have uh, in King Daedalus' letter, which they found, uh, it, like King Daedalus and Idris has been funding these guys to buy other people's breaths, which, according to their religion, are the souls of other people. A little heretical, yep. and and you will be eternally damned by Ostra. Yeah, yeah. For taking, but we're gonna breaths. do it anyways. We're gonna do it anyways, and then I'm gonna send my daughter to die because I like Vivina more. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say so. And then Vivina's gonna go yeah. anyways. <laughs> yeah. So I know. Yeah. Last episode, you guys were like, "F King Daedalus, we don't like him." What do you think about King Daedalus now? <laughs> like him even less? Again, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, like I get he's doing what he's got to do for his kingdom. Like I respect that a hundred percent. But right, like. But but don't then be, you don't you be hypocritical him. about it. Yeah, yeah. My, my thing is like, oh, okay. I, you know what? I'll save it. I'll save it for Cosmere tie-ins. All right. I don't, I don't want to spoil <laughs> All right. anything. All right. Well, I, I. Do you have anything else you want to say about Vivenna then, uh, uh, Matt? No, I'm good. I'm good with her. We we want to talk about the chaos she's generating in the city, which is mostly Dent, but Wait, well, she's basically just you know trying to. Uh, disrupt the city's supplies and things like that so when the war breaks out because she had the realization that you know the war is going to break out that's why you know her dad sent siri instead of her things like that the war's gonna break out the least she can do is help out from inside the city and so right i I will say there was one good scene uh that was with vivenna like in in vivenna's like pov uh her and Denth in the uh, in the bar that's owned by the mob boss. I thought that scene was pretty cool, if only because it gave me like kind of heisty vibes. Yeah, a little bit like yeah. oh, you're going into the mob boss's lair and like he's testing you and he might track you back to where you're staying. Like that that chapter was pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like if we're gonna talk about that chapter, we have to really talk about Denth. With his inhumanly quick speed. Oh yeah. Who do yeah. we? Who, what do we? What do we think Death is? Uh, again, I'm gonna save that for Cosmere Tie-ins. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I like okay. it. Okay. I like uh, it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But we okay. We do find out though that he's got he hates Basher. He's he killed his friend uh, Arstil, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is they they were a four man group, and it uh, which I think Whitson, you said Basher was a part of their group earlier. He wasn't a part of their group. It was uh him, Jules, uh, Arstil, and uh, uh, Tonkfa. And then for some reason, Basher killed Arstil, but. I feel like maybe Denth and Arstil or Denth and Vasher knew each other before that, possibly. Like I said, they yeah. both they both talk about how maybe they're a little older. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, because because otherwise, how would? So I just assumed that he was part of their group and betrayed them because I I was like, well, how would they know it was Vasher if they didn't have a past with him? Right, right. But it could be for totally different reasons. Yeah, yeah, they could have just crossed paths doing their own separate things. I'm wondering how Vasher got a hold of Nightblood, too. Yeah, or if, wondering... he's, if he's the first one to yeah. have Nightblood. Well, well Denth um, seems to know something about it, kind of, the way he talks. Yeah. Maybe. But And then he, at one point, Vivian asked ask Denth, she's like, uh, who used, who did you used to be? And he's like, you don't want to know. And so like it really, he's really got an air of mystery to his character, which is another reason I love him. Because um, we're kind of try, trying to figure out who he is, what he is, all that. But also just, I love, I love how logical he is and how he describes stuff to Vivenna. <laughs> like, like, he just puts it in such blatant terms, like logical terms, that anyone with a brain would be able to, like, okay, that makes sense. And she's just like, Yeah, nah. somehow she's still dumb. <laughs> yeah, like, like, nah, I'm good. Logic? Eh, mm, I don't know. This, hard, this religious hard, zealotism, hard. that seems more interesting <laughs> to me. So, real quick, I'm going to read to you one little line that was in the prologue that you might okay. have forgotten about. Um, it's right after Var gives Vasher his breaths. Um, he says, uh, keep your part of the bargain, bargain, Var said. Vasher noted the tones, blah, blah, blah. He gained perfect pitch, a gift for anyone who reaches the second heightening. It would be good to have that again. Vasher could, of course, have up to the fifth heightening at any time, if he wished. That would require certain sacrifices he wasn't willing to make. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that line in a while. So, is he a well, return? Well, I remember that line. No, surely not. I remember that line, but I, did, I thought it had something maybe more to do with that blood. But I will say, it just said he he got Var's uh, um, breath, and he was only at the second awakening. But in in this part, we're seeing him at the fifth awakening, right? So maybe he took breath from our still. Hmm. Hmm. Well, do we know he's at the fifth heightening right now? Right now, I, be- at- I believe it said he was at the fifth. He's heightening. at the second heightening right now. Really? I thought it, I thought it said something. Unless he's gathered more since the prologue, which he might have. But at the pro at the prologue, it said he had now gained perfect pitch, a gift for anyone who reached the second heightening. Well, I, I thought I- that I thought that uh, Vivenna, because Vivenna's at what the third heightening. Uh yeah, something like that. I think she's at the third heightening. I thought when they she she sees him in the council room, she notices that his aura is brighter than hers. And okay. I thought it. Mentioned, oh wait, yeah, no, you're you're right. I, yeah, so yeah, I think you're right about that. I thought opinion. it mentioned something about him being at the fifth heightening somewhere. I could be wrong completely, but I I don't know if it specified fifth, but you're you're right about that scene in the courtyard where she sees Vasher. Yeah, when they're at the coronation, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Well, when, when they're presenting uh, her to the court. When they're yeah. presenting yeah. Oh, court. yeah, yeah, not the coronation. Yeah. But... It's coronation day. No. Coronation day. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of presenting, who were they presenting to the court? Siri. Oh. Let's talk about Siri. So, you know, in the beginning, Siri, we were, like, kind of worried about her. We were like, oh, no, she's getting sent off to this god king. We're kind of scared for her. We didn't know what was going to happen. What did you think when, you know, she finally realized what was up with the god king? Well, I was so, relieved. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Personally. My, I, I was like, I don't know. Like, I saw, like, I don't know. I was kind of, I thought, almost thought the god king was a lifeless up to that point. Okay. Like I'm because like he just didn't ever do anything, and then like we see that he's you know got his tongue cut out and he's basically a child, and I'm interested to see where the plot goes from that if she can somehow control him. Yeah, or or just like, so you have to say the command phrases, but I'm wondering if maybe like she teaches him how to write, and he's so powerful that he can still do things if that makes any sense like he could yeah, write yeah. the commands on paper and it still works well, just like, because he's like so incredibly powerful how do they give breath they can't talk because you gotta say that phrase right and That's, so yeah. like the god kings have given their breath so like which i don't think they gave it like the priest said they did again we can get into that later but <laughs> but i definitely think that there's some way you can do it. Yeah, there there has to be for them to give those breaths to the next god king. But then, but then he's also at the fifth heightening. He's he or he's well, he's at the tenth heightening, right? Yeah, he's up. Yeah, the tenth yeah. Heightening, the so which he, I'm assuming he's the last immortal. Heightening. Yes, it's the last one. It's over fifty thousand breaths. Damn. But so he's immortal. So. Like, like he, when he or when Siri brought up the thing where it's like, well, why do they even need an heir? Like, you're immortal. What does it matter? And then he's talking about the history of the God Kings and like the other ones dying. I, that was the biggest. I mean, there had been so many clues up to that point, but that was the biggest thing where I was like, oh, the priests are really up to something like. Yeah. yeah. There's literally no way that these God Kings would have died ever if not for interference. Like somebody killing them, yeah, more than likely. Well, yeah, well, exactly. Well, I feel like it's got something to do with uh, the kids. As soon as they have a kid, it seems like they get rid of them. But it's like, it's like, what's the point? Like, is there maybe like <sighs> there has to be a reason? Like, why get some rid of someone that you've already like trained to do what you want? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and why? put all these breaths in this one person and make them like literally a god yeah and then take well, away their says... ability to exercise their power so so here's the other thing it says that the gods don't age but the god king does so i'm wondering if maybe the god king if he gets too old they've got to get rid of him and have another god king so that the people don't notice it, because it, it talks about he ages well, no, but... slower so he's like 50 right now but he has like a 20 year old right, body he... But he still ages. Right, yeah. And the other gods, I believe, don't age at all. Correct. So, so I'm wondering if maybe... So breaths, maybe, well, ages well, I'm, him? I'm wondering if he doesn't actually have the uh, the return... If he's not actually returned. If he's just holding oh, all that breath. Yeah. 
Well, they say that he's a stillborn right. child that returned. Well, they but can then say they could whatever just, they want. They could just true. be bullshitting. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I think honestly, maybe he's just holding tens of thousands of breaths and not a returned. Yeah, that I mean, that returned. could definitely make sense. Because also, if he can speak commands and stuff, it says the returns can't speak commands. Yeah, they, or else they can die. They'll die if they, if they release their breath. They die because they've only got the one powerful one or whatever. Yeah. Well, I'm curious if if they did the God Kings strat and took in two a week, would they like eventually reach similar levels of power or like what? I'm, I'm I'm assuming that all the uh, heightenings are the same for everybody, but. It says that the God Kings got ten. Like to get that amount of breasts, like it would take a while, probably. Right. They basically they're basically using the God King as a bank. I feel like. Yeah, but then like we like we were saying, like how does he pass those breaths exactly. on with no tongue? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. That's the question. Fair enough. It? I'm also wondering also why the they can't the leave child. the court. Like, like I I know that if they leave for longer than eight days and don't get a breath, they die. But like, it seems like they're really like interested in making these people stay at, at the court. Yeah. That's another thing that's been a little odd for me. I don't know if that's supposed to be a mystery or if, if it's just, it's kind just of a, like a plot hole is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Or, or if it, yeah, it's just like, Hey, this is a fact. Yeah. Or maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. there happens to be some priest with some control issues. Yeah. <laughs> Russell, Russell. I don't want what also I'm controlling. You know? <laughs> yeah. Another th thing I noticed is so like the God King always wears white and stuff, but then the uh, the chamber where they they're trying to have the kid is all black. And and uh, she even mentioned Siri even mentioned she's I forgot the quote, but it's basically like um, let's see if I can find it. I, I wrote it. Wrote it. Oh, down. where he's like wearing the white and it's like shearing off into different colors, and she's like, "Why isn't everything in here white instead of black?" Yeah, but but the deal is, is she's like, and not only that is because they've got it's the only place that's all black, but it's also outside of the God King's palace. She says that uh, uh, it's outside of the palace. It's the only thing that's all black, and I don't know. I I just thought that so was weird. I think, I'm wondering if black has something to do with that. Well, my theory that I'll give to y'all uh, was that. Um, they didn't want Siri kissing him. They didn't want her looking at him because if she saw his tongue, then she was gonna. Then they were gonna know. And the God King, like, makes the colors that are around him more vibrant. And so, if he's in all black, he's in complete darkness, basically, because he okay. basically yeah, you know, that makes sense. Goes over so all like the colors around him. him, so it makes it harder for Siri to see. Um, you know that you know he's missing the tongue or whatever and things like that so that was my theory whenever i i came to to this to this place yeah that yeah. makes sense yeah that does make some sense too but it, yeah you're right it could just be like a channeling thing like maybe if there's no color around him maybe somehow the breaths get channel almost like the black is like like a silicon dye like a like like a motherboard or cpu like it's channeled somehow yeah i yeah i don't know also i feel like siri going back to siri i feel like she's reacting the way that 
Vivena should have. Like she's really adaptable to it. Like she she like she learned about it, but like I don't know. And I know that's her character. Like it mentions at the beginning that she likes color and all that stuff, but like I feel like that's how she, the whoever was getting sent should have been. Like I feel like yeah. that's yeah. the right choice. I really liked how whenever Siri found this out, she like I'm marching straight to the library. I'm getting a book. She's like, I want this book now. Someone give it to me. And everyone's like, Hey, yeah. yo, like um, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> yeah and she's like figuring out that oh i don't have any power right and then she figures out that sasebron doesn't have any power so like she's she's pretty certain that the priests are the ones in control so maybe it was almost better for siri to come and not vivenna because vivenna would have been so minded that the gods have all the power and the god king has all of the power where Siri now is going in with no training whatsoever and gets to figure things out for her own and gets to figure them out correctly from the be- from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. I still good. I, I, I still I still don't feel like we'd see a kid. These priests are really unrealistic. This guy doesn't know about sex, that you can't touch each other, you can't look at each other, you can't kiss. Like it, I feel like I feel like wanting a kid and having all that is like really unrealistic. <laughs> like what what do y'all think's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the fact that they didn't give him any sex ed, but they're like, uh, yeah. go make an error, I guess. Yeah. And so yeah. you're not He's allowed like, to do anything. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Well, I don't know. We just spend the night together, right? I mean, it was cool seeing you naked and all, but yeah. like, we just <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really like that right? part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that was fucking ridiculous. I was so, so glad that the God King thing I, the whole like I, I guess first time that we're in her pov when she has to go to that chamber i was like sanderson wouldn't write this sanderson wouldn't write this sanderson wouldn't write this and then it got to the part where she figures out that his tongue is ripped out and he's a child and i'm like thank god (laughs) (laughs) yeah one of my uh i one of my favorite parts i just want you to imagine that you're the god king in this scenario you have no idea what sex is you don't know anything about it and Ceres just had enough, walks over to the bed, starts shaking it and moaning. Like, <laughs> yeah. what I, is going I, through I, your brain right yeah. there? Yeah, I was at work I cooking imagine. when I listened to that scene and I almost dropped all the shit I was carrying to the dish pit lab. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I man. think this is how this goes. How long do I do this for? Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, the God King's over there like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, what is happening? Like, she was like, there was fear on his face. Like, oh no, she's, she's like, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. <laughs> she's possessed by a demon. Is this is this when the kid comes out? <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was a summoning ritual. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Y'all have anything else you want to say about Siri or Susan? Um, should we talk about Blue Fingers and Trelides while we're talking yes. about her? Yes, yeah. we definitely should. I know. Uh, I know. I feel like they're part of different factions for sure. Oh, definitely, right? Like, the Trilides has to be, like, one of the leaders of the priests, if not the leader of the priests, it seems like. And then Bluefingers is, like, an enemy. Like, yeah, I don't know. It seems like this other country that is, like, part of Halendrin, but not part of Halendrin, really does not like the God King and the Returned. Right. Well, he he, he says, I don't believe in the iridescent tones, which is the religion. Like, he he says that straight out. And, like, he's warning her not to have a kid and talks about the factions in the palace and how there's a bunch of them. And he's a part of a lot of them. So I feel like he's almost a spy. (laughs) Right. Well, think of it kind of like, because, you know, he wears brown war 
robes, whereas all the yeah, other priests wear yeah. like vibrant robes or things like that yeah. of their god's color. I I kind of think of it more as like Blue Fingers is a scientist, and that's yeah, why okay. that's why he's here is to study the biochroma and all this stuff. Whereas the priests are there out of devotion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's kind of like how I kind of see the difference between the two. But Blue Fingers is still there, and so yeah. Um, and he's kind of acting as series only friend right now. Although you right. can make and an argument yeah. for Light Song, but right, um, right. And Trelides, I feel like is the person that's actually running everything. Like I feel like he's the actual like king. Quote, yeah, quote, yeah. He's the right. puppet master behind the figurehead. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, Siri goes and, to the to the library to get a book, and Trelides shows up <laughs> instantly. Immediately, yeah, immediately. Yeah, so. and then one thing, one one quote I noticed that was I, I think I think it was in one of the Venice chapters. They talk about how the priests run a lot of the trade in the city, and so like it seems like the priests are just running everything behind. Like, oh, we're running it all for the God King, but obviously they're not. So it feels like the priests are like just really have their hand in everything. And I'm yeah. wondering, I'm wondering what their motive is. Like, I'm wondering if it's just greed and power, or if like they're like actually have some ulterior motive it kind of almost reminds me of like salt from from last month like yeah yeah oh yeah yeah, like he's got all these like surface level motivations but it's so obvious that that's not what is actually going on with him yeah like you know you know that nothing he's saying is honest yeah Yeah. but yeah blue fingers um yeah, he seems almost like the like he's going to end up being like the wise mentor or something mm-hmm. with Siri. Like he knows what's going on and he like has some level of of like empathy for her. I feel yeah, like I he's going to probably help. I, I think I think at some point she's going to have to get her and the God King out, and I feel like he's going to help. Yeah, maybe maybe with Light Song. <laughs> Yeah, if I could <laughs> wish Light Song something wants to help or... her. Light Song wants to help her. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it, Light Song wants to help her. He just doesn't want her to die for no reason. I thought at one point it said like they're I gonna like eat her, her alive. Basically, was well, yeah. I thought he said, I thought he said at, at one point I like her. I need to go mess with this political shit to make sure nothing bad happens to her. I don't know if he. I don't know if he necessarily went that far, but I think that was kind of the sentiment. Right. Yeah. But yeah, he he's like definitely the one that sees her as a person and not an object. Yeah. Like not not a political plaything, but like well, just calls, a seven a seventeen yeah. year old girl. Yeah. Well, she calls him a a, a schoolboy, and he loves it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I was gonna say if if I could wish list. Two things for the next half of the book is more Vasher and more Siri and uh, Sasebron. Okay. Like if, if I get those two things, I will be. I I imagine I will be much more happy with the second half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm wanting. I'm wanting probably like more, maybe a little more action, and then like I want more like Dinth and Vasher storyline. Like I, I want. I want to figure out what happened between those two and why he killed Arsteel and all that. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I mean, we've kind of talked about some of our theories and stuff like that throughout the episode. Do you guys have any more? Um, I think I said a lot of mine. Yeah, I think I got all mine out. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, before uh, we uh, 
go into our Cosmere Connections segment. We'll go ahead and wrap up here for you um, non-Cosmere readers. So uh, make sure to and share. we'll announce our next book. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, go ahead and announce our next our next book. Okay. For, so uh, I get to pick this month's book, and I wanted I set some like some uh, stipulations for what I wanted to pick because there's we we have a lot of options. We got a whole list, and there's a lot of them I want to read, but. I wanted uh, something that was probably kind of an easier read because I feel like these last two books have been um, a, li- a little more uh, dense. Dense, a little more dense. Little and more then dense. I wanted a little more dense. <laughs> and then uh, I wanted something that none of none of us have read, so like we can't spoil anything. And then also we're all surprised when we come into this. And then I wanted uh, a little bit more of a classical fantasy type setting. And, Tolkien-esque, uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. And then I think I had another stipulation, but I forgot it. So we're um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, right? Yeah, we're <laughs> Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Extended edition. Uh, no, I picked uh, Empire of the Vampire by Jay Kristoff. And I've read a book of his before, and I really loved it. So I think this is going to be a good book. Okay. Uh, it's about. It's supposed to be about uh, half vampire, um, and he hunts other vampires, and he's like in prison and that's how the book starts and he's telling us how he got there right and this is the first book that none of us have read going into the podcast right 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 yes that's one of the reasons i picked it so we're all going to be reading along with uh all the listeners at the same time so it's gonna be interesting so i think this will be a good one for if you have friends that you want to get into fantasy reading maybe suggest this one and have them sounds us all like read pulpy it like yeah. pulpy fun yeah, well, that's what I'm hoping. It's a little more fast-paced and a little more easier to get into, less dense. I, I don't know that for sure because, like I said, I haven't read it. But like the reviews I looked at, it should be pretty good for that. So if you have somebody you want to get into to fantasy, this might be the book for them. Right, this might be the book. Well, make sure you uh, share, like, subscribe, follow, do all those on your preferred platform. We're on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Share with your friends. Um, also, the YouTube comments are open to discussions about, you know, things that we talked about on this episode, things that we didn't talk about on this episode, uh, but we're still in the section of reading. So uh, if you, you know, want to chat about some stuff in there, maybe leave a comment down below about, you know, something that stood out to you or th- things like that. Also, leave a comment uh, of a question. Uh, again, big thanks to Absolutely. Riley A. Uh, for, for this episode's question. Um, and yeah, if that was you a guys great want- question. If you guys want your questions answered, go ahead and leave them in the YouTube comments uh, down below. Uh, next episode, we are going to be reading chapter 27 to the end of Warbreaker. So we'll have the full book discussion, but again, we'll focus a lot more on kind of like that section, but we will have an overall discussion of the book as well, give our ratings and things like that. Um, but yeah, that's a that's everything. So um uh, again, we're going to have the Cosmere Connections after this, so I'll give you guys some time to click off. The outro music will go, but uh, we'll come back. So thank you, guys. Where, where have, would they have need needed to read to to stay for the Cosmere Connections? Oh, if you want to stay, yeah, if you want to stay for the Cosmere Connections, uh, we're going to be discussing all the way up to um, Oathbringer Part 4. Um, Whitson's going to stay with us. He hasn't read us read that far, but he's going to dip out right when, uh, we talk about the things that something are important, something, yeah, important. something important. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can stay tuned with us. And if you haven't read that far, you can dip out whenever Whitson dips out. So, uh, thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. 
uh, we hope you uh, have a good one. Yep. Thanks, guys. And all right. So, Cosmere Connections. I think that Wit is Lightbringer. <laughs> he mentions <laughs> light, light, song. Song, light Song. He mentions multiple times he uses the word wit and witty in a way that like is like almost foreshadowing, which I know this book was written before, but then at another point just his humor and at, he oh, he said something at another point that made me just think that's wit. I forgot what it was. I wish I, I remembered it, but and I could be completely wrong at left field. I was, I've said I, wits like. T- I was gonna ask you guys people, what you thought. But... <laughs> I was gonna ask you guys what you thought about, um, you know, wit because I know that before Dylan, especially, you've been a huge fan of wit and you've wanted to know more about him. And so I love wit. I was I curious wit. if you had anything <laughs> possibly tying in. Um, his humor, Lot Song's humor is, exa- and it might just be he might have been the pre-cert cursor character for who Wit actually is later, but like, right? Imagine if he's Lot Song's the one that great because he's interested in the sword. What if he takes the sword to this world, becomes Wit? The sword's out there, you know. What if? Well, what if? Okay. Um, I think I have a different, I have a, a directly contradictory theory of that, which has nothing to do with the Cosmere tie-ins. I think that Sanderson has a self-insert in every book <laughs> that is an apathetic, funny character. Okay. I think that is his self-insert in, in all of his books, because every one of his books has an apathetic, charming character like that. Okay. Whether it's like Kelsier That's or Wit or Light Song. But it, or... Just, it just feels... Which... Okay, I, the same person did write it, but it just feels so similar, like their humor. And every time, like, I, bl- I swear to God, he said the word wit, ten, wit or witty ten times. And every time I mean, he did, I was like, ah. Light song is also kind of witty, you know, so. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll, I want to read to you both a small quote from Words of Radiance. Um, this is Kaladin's perspective right after he gets arrested for challenging Amaram to a duel. And he's putting in prison, and Wit shows up. Okay? Okay. Kaladin sat back down on the bench in his cell. Wit wore his black on black, the thin silver sword undone from his waist and sitting on the bench beside him. A brown sack slumped there as well. Wit leaned down to tune his instrument, one leg crossed over the other. He hummed softly to himself and nodded. Perfect pitch, Wit said, makes this all so much easier than it used to be. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, so he's got breath for sure, which we knew that anyways. Well, you guys knew that anyways, but I already spoiled that for myself, yeah, so yeah. it's okay. <laughs> so, but, okay, so I, have, I, have a I love how there's theory. so many. Okay. Uh, and I, I just want to get mine out before you guys get to the actual, like the thing that I can't hear. Yeah. Uh, so Dent and Vasher. I kind of just think might have a different kind of investiture that's not like Stormlight or Breath, maybe? Okay, okay. Like, Vasher definitely has Breath, but but like, I'm thinking Dinth, maybe, because I don't know how you, I mean, Stormlight makes you faster, but it doesn't make you that fast, right? Like, inhumanly, like, because he killed two guys before anybody knew he even drew his sword. Yeah, right. like he just draws his sword and two guys drop dead. So I'm thinking it's not Stormlight, and, that probably and wasn't it's not his Breath. Fastest either. 
Yeah, he's not yeah, he, he's not whipping out the god killer try. mode on like he's not going fucking Super Saiyan eight or whatever to kill two two yeah. backwater thieves. Yeah. But I, I just think he has like some other kind of investiture and maybe that's like him and Vasher are old and have been fighting on like different worlds in the Cosmere, maybe. Oh, I didn't even think about that. They're both from different worlds too. Yeah, that I that's think that would be really interesting. That would be a really cool concept for a book. Just have like multiple books going on, and then there's these just these characters that jump from world to world and have just a part in each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. That, you know, Ari Salvatore kind of, sort of did that. I mean, it's all in the Forgotten Realms, but uh, the uh, the assassin. Uh, oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. There's this assassin that just randomly shows up in like six of the books, and like every yeah. time you think he's dead, and then he just randomly shows up. <laughs> Yeah, and it has almost no impact on the story either. He just he just kind of wanders <laughs> in, shows up. Yeah, it's like, oh hey, there's that swordsman that I really hate. <laughs> yeah, what did, what about Not Blood? What do you think about Not Blood? So, where are you at in Oathbreaker? Sixty one, chapter sixty one. Okay, but like, what are they doing? Uh, they just got into Kolinar, into the okay. safe house in Kolinar. Okay, what's what's Seth doing? Um, I know that he, Nail has Nightblood. That's that's what I know about Nightblood. I know Nail has Nightblood. Okay. Or gave it? Did he give it to Seth? Yes. Yes, he gave it to Seth. Okay, you didn't yeah, read Edge. Yeah, yeah, I know that part. No. Uh, no, I read the uh, like full spoiler synopsis for it. <laughs> it mentioned um, it, it mentions his character in that. Yeah. Anyways, what are you saying, Matt? Um. So. On Nightblood, um, when Light Song's investigating the uh, the thing, it says that um, he looked at the soldier's hand. He said, and your hand, the man paused, unconsciously retracting his hand. It got twisted. The man slowly extended his hand. The hand was completely gray, drained of color. Does that yeah. sound like a shard blade passing through and basically kind of like... Disabling. Oh, oh yeah it does i hadn't even thought about that gray and lifeless what if that's what a shard blade does like it just takes your color or cuts the breath off so i think okay so i think that uh, your breath anyways is life force i think that i think it's a person's life force okay they yeah. want to call it a soul but i think it's just right. life force in general and um, we know yeah. that we know that we know uh well, oh, f f me and Matt know something. <laughs> well, I'll also I'll hit you with something else, kind of putting on what Whitson was saying. Um, if you remember, Kaladin in the first fight with or with Seth in, uh, I believe it's in Words of Radiance before the big epic one, uh, where yep. Seth slices through Kaladin's hand, yeah, or his he arm, heals it. and he heals it. What? Uh, along with what Whitson said about the, um, like, uh, with, you know, uh, oh gosh, what was I saying? With it being breaths or whatever, Kaladin heals it with Stormlight. Mm -hmm. Could breaths... Which you have to breathe in. Which you, you have, have to breathe, to breathe. Yeah. Could breaths possibly make something without breath, like a colorless hand, drained of color, bring it back? 
Well, okay. Are we assuming that what everybody that's Stormlight... listening to this has like knows the rules of the Cosmere? Because like investiture is pretty like pretty well explained at this point, right? Without you even having to read any of the books. Mm -hmm. So I don't like. Do we? Are we spoiling anything we, if we, we talk about investiture? Yeah, yeah, we can spoil and talk about investiture. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just it's one of the forms of investiture, but it all comes from the same place, right? Like it's it's all the. I mean, I don't know the like lore specifics of it. Like, I don't. I think I think they're called shards. Hey, is that right? I think you're right. But yeah, so they're all coming from the same place. It's like some kind of universal like life force, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's just different manifestations of the same thing. All right. So like stormlight and breath are like kind of equatable. It seems right. like I'll hit you with another one that might be breath. kind of equatable that I kind of had the connection to. Um, so you know how their hair color kind of changes with emotions. So like Siri's hair kind of changes when she gets anxious to like white or yeah. something. I, as I was reading that, it kind of reminds me how the Parshindi attune to like uh, the rhythm of rhythms. anxiety the rhythm, you know, they they'll attune to that. See, you know, the royal hair kind of changes rather than attunes. It kind yeah. of reminded me of the same thing. Oh, oh, the red panther, uh, that gave me Parshendi vibes. Like the scene yeah. with that he's talking storm, about with the, the red panthers in the storm. Yeah, the panther yeah. in the storm, the red panther in the storm. Red also could be the. Uh... Well, red's the color of odium. Odium, yeah. So and like we that... we know Odium was somewhere first. We know Odium. We know all three of them. Odium. Oh, what, does Whitson know this? Yeah, I know it. Not, okay, not from we... Oathbringer, but I know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we know uh, all three of them. The three gods, uh, or whatever. Cultivation, were... honor, and Odium. Yeah. Yeah, we know. We know they were somewhere first. So what if they're a part of this and they come from here and they're the ones that take the sword? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you said that real suspiciously there, MD. I, uh, that sounded a little I definitely, <laughs> I definitely, Dylan, have something that will possibly answer that, but Whitson cannot be here for that one, unfortunately. Because <laughs> uh, Whitson hasn't hasn't finished Oathbringer yet, which, uh, for, the, really for those listening, I... we, Dylan and I have just finished Dawn Shard which is right after Oathbringer. We have not gone on to Rhythm of War. We're waiting for Whitson to catch up with us. So We're all going to read I'm it together. I'm trying, I'm trying. I think we're going to make... I think we're going to make episodes for it, aren't we? For Rhythm of War? We, we yeah, could. which we, we haven't decided how we want to do that. If I guess if people yeah. want to leave recommendations for how they'd like us to drop that, because it's the fourth book in a series, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's no guarantee that anybody who listened to it would have right up to that point yeah well we could do it like as bonus episodes or like we were yeah. talking about the patreon thing or anything like that right yeah we'll figure it out but we're gonna we're definitely gonna read rhythm of war together and record episodes around it i know i cannot wait for whitson to get to the scene with the scene you yep. know yeah yep. i know you're talking about um oh all right. Um, do you guys I have fully any other? Expect a phone call at work. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me think if I had anything else that anything ties else? in. Do 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 do. Oh oh the uh, the returned um, the Parshendi taking on the Spren 
that are immortal. Like I thought maybe there's some kind of connection there. Oh. Like maybe the oh, oh, returned yeah. are yeah. taking on this world's version of Spren instead of like their original, like their original soul. Could Perhaps. Be, I mean, I don't know. Cause light song has like, he apparently has some memories of his past, which I'm really interested in around that, in there. Dude. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. interested in that. He wants to figure, he wants to figure out what else he can learn about himself. So something else I forgot about that I was going to mention earlier, these visions they have. So they're, the returned are technically dead. Maybe they're like the death visions that are in, uh, Oh, Stormlight. Yeah, Stormlight. Oh, cause they're technically dead and they're getting like that same kind of vision thing that the, the, people have right before they die that, yeah and terabangian uh, even says which god that's coming from it's like a minor god or like a major sprint basically um he says which one it is i don't remember yeah, I don't but remember but yeah either. he says it's because of the movements of one of the sprint so maybe that sprint is on this planet in this time all right and like but yeah, the uh, the returned maybe having like the same at least like functionality, where like a spirit is taking over their body and now they're like somehow like more invested. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, the returned I think could could have like broader Cosmere tie-ins. But that that's all I really got. If it, if it's time for me to bug off, are y'all y'all about to talk some spoilers? I yeah, think if suck. that's everything, then uh, yeah, you can, you can go All ahead right. and All right. drop Deuces. out. Thank you so much, Whitson. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Should have finished Oathbringer. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, it'll be done by this weekend, I promise. I'm about to sit down in bed and read it right now. I, I genuinely think, Whitson, that you're going to pick up on a lot more stuff because of the section of Oathbringer you're going to read Yeah. Uh, for the next Cosmere tie-in episode. So sure. I'm I'm very excited for it. Yeah, I, the, where I'm at right now, they've they've just found all those crystals with the recordings on them, yep. but they haven't figured out how to read them yet. So I'm assuming a lot of things are about to get broken down. Oh, he's just, he's just gone. Later. All right. <laughs> we'll see you at Whitson. I accidentally clicked out of the call. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I was hovering over the exit button. But yeah, um, yeah, that's all for me. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. See you, Whitson. Yep, later. Yeah. He he leaves. He joins. Uh, no, I'm joking. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so, speak in and listen. Dylan, I have something here that is a connection that I don't think that you have made. Um, and it might take some layering and some theorizing, but I want to read to you first. It's it's about the painting in chapter twenty six, right? Okay. In our in our no- show notes, you see that I put. The painting, chapter 26. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Real yeah. quickly, I'm just going to read what the painting looks like to Light Song, okay? Okay. Light Song stared at the painting. Red upon red, shades so subtle that the painter must have been of the first heightening at least. Violent, terrible reds classing against one another mm. like waves. Mm. Waves that only mm. vaguely Anger resembled spread? men. Or not... <laughs> that somehow managed to convey the idea of armies fighting much better than any detailed realistic depiction would have chaos bloody wounds upon bloody uniforms, oh, okay. upon bloody skin there was so much violence in red his own color he almost felt as if he were in the painting felt its turmoil shaking him disorienting him pulling on him the waves of men pointed toward a figure at the center 
a woman vaguely depicted by a couple of curved br brushstrokes, and yet it was obvious. She stood high as if atop a cresting wave of crashing soldiers, caught in motion, head flung back, her arm upraised, holding a deep black sword that darkened <laughs> the red sky around it. Odium. Odium, because we know we see at the end of Oath... Uh, is it Bringer or Breaker? I keep messing Oath it up. Oathbringer. 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 We see that he wants the black sword. He right. gets the sheath, and he's talking about how he wants his champion to hold to carry the sword. So, right. If Odium um, is the red, if the red sprint, or if the red is Odium and his chaos and his chaos sprint, and maybe the person holding the sword was his champion. Okay. Is that maybe what you were thinking? Which was a woman. Okay. I mean, sure. We'll we'll keep going here. Um. And remember, Light Song's like, well, what do you see, Scoop? And he's like, well, this is the Battle of Twilight Falls, the last conflict of the mini war. He said, um, uh, Laramir said uh, he just sees, uh, like, brushstrokes. Like, it doesn't look like anything to him. But because Laramir is a god, he sees things that, you know, can be channeled. Like, he, he sees things because he looks at the painting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas Laramir only sees, like, brushstrokes or whatever. Um. Okay, so that's Warbreaker. That was the painting, right? Oh, and specifically, yep, yep. Um, Light Song said, "Have this one brought to my, like, brought to my collection. Don't have yeah. it burned, right? Which normally the paintings are burned." Okay. Yeah. I have here opened up Oathbringer. This is chapter one hundred and two. Currently, Kaladin and his friends are in Shadesmar. Shadesmar. And he is uh, in the town, and he passes oh, someone selling he art. He sees the painting. He sees Paladin the paint. had never had much it. time for art. Either the picture depicted something useful like a map, or it was basically pointless. And yet, nestled among the paintings for display was a small one painted from thick strokes of oil, white and red with lines of black. When he looked away, he found himself drawn back toward it studying the way the highlights played off those dark lines like nine shadows he thought with a figure kneeling in the middle so what if what if shadesmar is the world that this what if these people are basically spren so but something happens and they change what if shadesmar is this world so that's not only it so fast fast forward a couple pages because you know changing perspectives Kaladin steps up to the painting. I uh, studies it a bit more, um, perfectly capturing its human subjects. Uh, blah 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 blah. Where's that? Hauntingly beautiful shapes, mostly reds and whites, but with a figure at the center throwing out nine shadows. Oh, marvelous, isn't it? A sprint said. Kaladin jumped, sheepishly lowering his fingers. The proprietor of this stall. It was a Reacher woman, short with a bronze ponytail. It's a unique piece, human, she said, far the f from the far-off court of gods, a painting intended only for the divinity to see. It is exceptionally rare that one escaped being burned at the court and makes its way into the market. This is a at piece by Nenefra. It is said that each person who sees one of his masterworks sees something different. And to think I charge such a minuscule price, blah, blah, blah. So, what do you think? <laughs> it says at the court it would make so much sense if 
Shadesmar is the world that we're in right now. I don't know how they end up changing shape and all that, because obviously Sprint have to take different shapes, but it mentions that in Shadesmar, all the Sprint are fighting each other. They've all got their own like hierarchy stuff. Okay. It makes sense that the wit and the sword and all that stuff's in the other in uh the other world. I don't know I don't even know what to call the other world, but the real world. <laughs> um and then it also make the breath thing makes sense now because they are inhabiting the other people's bodies and letting them breathe in stormlight, which comes from Shadesmar, which could be breath. Alright. That makes like so much sense. I, w- I will let you true. know when we finish Warbreaker, you're going to have some very clear connections. <laughs> I feel like that's so right now that you brought all that up, though, because it there's just too many parallels. There's too many th- crossovers that make so much sense. Mm-hmm. All I all I can't figure out is like how Shadesmar became what it is from now to then. Okay. You got anything else? I'm just really interested. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's so much. There's so much other shit though too because I didn't even think about like the humans coming up. Which originally though the Parshendi bonded with the Sprin. Right, like they had them in their gym hearts or whatever. Right. So, so maybe. Hmm. hmm. That's interesting. It hmm. is very interesting. Hmm. Well, if, if if that's all, I just wanted to really to make that connection with you that the yeah. painting that Light Song sees that Laramir, I'll, I'll say this again, Laramir thinks Light Song's talking about the future and there might be a big battle ahead or something like that, was yeah, also yeah, yeah. the same painting that Kaladin sees and thinks he's seeing, you know, possibly the future, maybe not, maybe, maybe. there's a... Maybe this painting has a double meaning for both books. I don't know. Next time on. <laughs> next time I'm on. I will say, next for the next Cosmere Connections, Whitson's probably going to make a connection that you did not make, and it's going to blow your mind. Makes me want to like go listen to like the end of Oathbreaker. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, but with that, we'll go ahead and end our Cosmere Connections uh, section again. Uh, please share, like, subscribe, and follow. Um, Thanks, everybody. Keep the YouTube comments spoiler-free for the Cosmere Connections. Um, and, uh, yeah, we will we will see you guys next episode for the end of Warbreaker. Y'all have a good one. Later. Later.